I think that more than we realize, our design style is influenced by trends. Like, for example, flat design as, you know, the way that the web is at the moment. That's what I do when I design is, is mostly very flat. Um, recently, I did a form that had a very soft drop shadow thing behind it, which is another trend that's emerging uh, these days. I just wanted to try it out and it really suited um, the situation because the form was on top of a patterned background, so it helped it stood out a bit more. So I think there is like a time and a place for design trends and it's good to try them out if if you feel like it, but they shouldn't be the reason behind your design, you know? Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm one of your hosts, Femke. And I'm your other host, Charlie. We've had a message in from a listener asking us to talk about design trends. They said they wanted to know what websites are winning design awards or getting attention um, and just wanted to be pointed in the right direction with regard to new design trends that are happening. And this sparked uh, a little bit of a conversation between me and Femme, didn't it, Femme? Yeah, we did. I, I don't think this is the first time we've been asked to talk about design trends. I feel I like I don't it's, think it is either. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's come up a few times and we've kind of always been sort of pushing it aside, but I guess it was time to kind of address this whole design trend topic. Yeah, see, we have quite a different opinion on design trends than I think that uh, you guys who have written in asking us to talk about them are going to expect. But we're going to talk about trends today and our thoughts on them and our thoughts on the value of them, etc. Should be good, I think. First, though, I know it hasn't been long since we last recorded Femme, but how have your side projects been going? Any updates to report? Side projects are going really well. I am working on a new blog post at the moment where I'm planning to include a free resource at the bottom of the blog post. Yeah, so this is something I've been wanting to do for a really long time and just haven't done yet. So I'm forcing myself to do it and I'm quite interested to see the results of that. Like, you know, whether that results in more traffic or whether people actually download it and how many people download it and whether people find it interesting and useful. So... Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to running that as a little sort of test. And if it's successful, then I might do that for other blog posts. That's cool. Are you going to make people sign up to your newsletter in order to download it? I haven't decided that yet. I think that's the smart thing to do. Yeah, I think you should, because if people are interested enough in your content and they're wanting this resource, the content in your newsletters is going to be super relevant to them as well. So it's not like you're taking advantage or anything. I think that you'll actually be benefiting people from putting your newsletter in their inbox. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the smart thing to do. I just need to figure out the logistics of doing that, which I'm sure isn't too hard, but you know, requires a little bit of extra setup. Yeah, I have one of these with my screen printing guide. So I made a video at the end of last year talking about my DIY screen printing process. And then I also put together a instruction PDF so people can like print it out, have it alongside them when they're doing the process themselves and I I made it that you have to sign up to the email newsletter and then it's sent to you Mm -hmm. but because I'm still on the free MailChimp account it gets I don't know there's a lot of issues with it I'm constantly getting emails like oh I can't find the guide I have it as a link in the success page so once people are confirmed that they're subscribed to the guide it's a link 
and they can download it from there. And I think it's pretty obvious, but people still miss it. You know, it happens. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a perfect solution really, but just be prepared for, to deal with that if it comes yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things to think about, like because this is going to be only specific to this blog post like it's not a lead gen thing for my entire yeah. list you know so I just got to make sure that I yeah figure all of those steps out right which hopefully isn't too hard but yeah I'm looking forward to it and seeing yeah what people's reactions to it are really cool sounds good how are your side projects um going well I've been working on the web page like the teaser web page I suppose for my apparel workshop that I'm going to be running later in the summer by the time this podcast episode goes out, I'm going to commit and say that that page will be live so you can sign up and oh my gosh, yeah, really? be told more details. Yep, I'm committing to it. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes. So where, where will that be? What's the link? Oh, uh, I think it is charliemarie.com slash workshop. Awesome. And that's going to be an online workshop, isn't it? Yeah, it will be. It'll be hosted online and it'll be like a select group of people so we can all like chat to each other. And I can run through like a bit of a presentation and things and then we'll get down to some actual work. Should be good. I am so excited to see this come to fruition. So Me cool. too, because I don't quite know how it's going to happen yet, but <laughs> we'll see. Right, let's jump into today's topic. And I want to start by asking how you would describe a design trend, Femme. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page, etc., Oh man, I feel like I should be pulling out my design dictionary here or something. <laughs> no, just like off like how would you describe it colloquially if someone I don't know, asked you was like, what do you mean a design trend? What is that? What would you say? I would say that it's a common set of design or visual design principles that collectively make up, I guess, a system of design which probably sounds a little hairy-fairy to people who aren't familiar with design and these design lingo words, but I think it's basically just a visual library kind of of certain design style and design elements that together come up to make a sort of visual style. And once that style kind of gets repeatedly used in multiple places and in multiple or for multiple purposes, it kind of ends up being a trend. So, for example... Uh, gradients became really popular recently and a few years ago now uh, skeuomorphism design was really popular which if you don't know what that is that's sort of when design is made to look realistic so if you think back to iOS 6 was it yeah it was 6 yeah the last one that it was in yeah if you think back to like the app icons where like the notepad looked real well quote unquote real and like the clock and all of that kind of like leathery patterns like that's an example of a design trend where that kind of got carried on to be used in other ways and on other things yeah I would say too that it's not necessarily like a whole style like it can be just little elements of things like you can have a website that looks completely different to another website but they both use gradients and they've both followed that trend and perhaps they both have like um another big trend I can think of is like giant full screen photos or videos on mm-hmm. personal websites usually, you know, filling the whole background. That's another another design trend that I would yeah, give us an example. 
Yeah, or like flat design, which has been around for a little while now, which yeah. I guess is kind of the opposite of skeuomorphism in a way, where it's yeah, like... Yeah, I think it was like a reaction to that. Yeah, it's sort of simpling everything and simplifying, I should say, and yeah. making everything flatter or appear, at least appear flatter. So I think we're on the same page about design trends. And a lot of these things are, you know, they've been quite defining in our industry. You know, they do affect how we work. But in saying that, I would like to know how important you think design trends really are. Like, do you follow them? Do you keep up with them? I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm asking you anyway. (laughs) I don't follow them. Like, if a new design trend suddenly comes out and, like, totally comes out like a bang, I'm not immediately going to jump on that horse and be like, right, okay, that's the new direction of the future of design and that's the new way, so I need to incorporate that into all of my projects going forward. Like, that's definitely not something that I do. Uh, I I don't think they're important for for us as designers if we're designing our own thing. Like, I think what is more important when it comes to designing is about appreciating, I guess, the design language or like if you're a UX designer, for example, you want to kind of appreciate uh, what already exists and what is then intuitive for the user. Like you don't want to go and then create a user interface that's like completely unnatural to the user from what they're already used to. But that's not to say that you need to follow all of the design trends of every other UX application, but you still want it to be intuitive and familiar. That is a really good point. And I think that there's a difference between, you know, visual trends that are often more in the, like, in the UI sense, like the, I don't want to say like the layer of paint because, you know, the visuals do more than that, but there's these fundamental UX things that even though we see them on lots of sites, I wouldn't call them trends. Like, for example, having the shopping cart on an online store in the top right corner. Yeah. If the shopping cart is not there, then I'm like, oh, and then you have to think about it and search for it. So little things like that, those interactions in the UX that your user is expecting, I totally agree, and not trends, even though we see them everywhere. And I don't know what happens. Like, maybe at one stage, having the shopping cart in the top right corner was a radical thing to do. And I don't know, and everyone started jumping on board, and it was a trend that then became, like, a standard. I think that can happen. But for the most part, there is a a big difference between these visual trends and, yeah, fundamental UX things. Yeah, I think ultimately, and this is probably a really bold statement to say, but, like, who cares? Like, I think if you're putting out good work and you're doing, you know, the right type of work for the brief you have and putting out, you know, the best solution for that project, then whether it's meeting the new design trend criteria or not, I don't think is relevant. I think what is more important is that your design solves a problem and is the right solution for the problem that you're trying to solve. I definitely agree. I think that when you first start out in the industry, and I definitely had this too, you wanted to make your design look a lot like the other designs you're seeing out there which may have involved many design trends, because you want to fit in, right? You want to be seen as a proper designer and you want your work to look professional. And so you look at work that is professional and 
whether on purpose or not, you instinctively just try and emulate that. And I think that's where when you're starting out in the industry, you care a lot more about trends because of that, because you want to seem like you, you're up to date and you know what's happening and that sort of thing. I think that as you get further into your career, you worry less about fitting in with them. I still like to notice what's going on. I think it's important to pay attention to your surroundings and as a designer on the web, you know, other web design is my surroundings, I suppose. So I like seeing what other people are doing, not so I can make sure I include it in my work, but so I can use it as a jumping off point to get ideas from. I think we talked about this in our episode about inspiration as well. So I don't want to copy the trends and what other people are doing, but it can be useful to see what's going on, to take note and get ideas from it. Yeah, I see time and time again trends actually getting in the way of like the UX or of what the the problem is trying to be solved. Like for example, I mean all you have to do is look on Dribble and, you know, see these, you know, visually aesthetically pleasing and beautiful pieces of of work that are all, you know, representative of the current design trends. And yeah, I mean they look beautifully stunning, but quite a lot of the time actually if you then start looking at the details it it doesn't make sense like the UX doesn't make sense or like maybe they're they've forgotten an important button that should be there or you know like the actual flow of it it, these are often apps what I'm referring to you know people do app mock-ups or whatever they kind of the UX gets pushed aside because I think they're so consumed by creating something that looks visually pleasing and is up with the current design trends you know to to show like look at me I'm, I'm up with the times this is what I can create isn't it pretty which you know yeah it is but quite often people then sort of leave the UX and the other important things behind or they get overlooked. I think this is a problem that comes about through a lack of wireframing, which we talked about in last week's episode, wasn't it, about our design process. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to that, that'll be linked down below. But if you start a project with a particular visual look in mind, I just don't see how that can be a good, like, you, I just don't see how you can get a good outcome from that because the most important thing you've got to think about is the structure of the site or the app or whatever it is and you know, how that works for the user. And then the visuals are uh, a way to help represent the information better. So they don't come before the information. You know what I mean? They don't come before the structure. They have to come after. Definitely. But I think it's easy for people to forget that or or maybe they're just too excited about the visuals and, you know, don't give as much attention to the earlier stages or as they should. Yeah. So have you never like seen design, a joint design trend happening and wanted to try it out for yourself? I mean, yeah, I, I do. And I might try and incorporate that in my next project or something, maybe if I feel like it, or maybe I am doing like a personal thing. Like I tried daily UI for a little while, which if people haven't mm. heard of that, it's like a uh, every day for a hundred days, you get sent a thing it's not very descriptive to to design a little mini brief right yeah yeah so like one day might be a designer calculator the next day might be design a sign up box like it's it's sort of ui elements to design uh and in that I, i never really published them it was just something i was doing you know on my own as you know 
practice and yeah like I might explore some design trends and see what they look like but not in a serious way you know like it's just for fun and just to kind of see how it feels and and what it would look like. That makes sense so like you don't want to use the client work as a space to explore design trends it's better to do that in personal projects or you know stuff you're doing for fun to explore them and see how the trend could fit in with your style and yeah I think so I I think that's important to note as well is that if design trends are part of your style like if your style is about you know keeping up with design trends or maybe your style is gradients and gradients happen to be the design trend right now like that's cool Uh, but because I don't religiously follow design trends and don't like try and force that upon my work then yeah I prefer to like I guess explore that in private first and see how it feels and then whether I want to bring that on to my to my visual style and thus to my client projects. Yeah I can see that and I think that more than we realize our design style is influenced by trends like for example flat design as you know the way that the web is at the moment that's what I do when I design is is mostly very flat Mm -hmm. um recently I did a form that had a very soft drop shadow thing behind it which is another trend that's emerging uh these days I just wanted to try it out and it really suited um the situation because the form was on top of a patterned background so it helped it stood out a bit more so I think there is like a time and a place for design trends and it's good to try them out if if you feel like it, but they shouldn't be the reason behind your design, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I will admit I have struggled to go against design trends in the past. So, for example, a really common one that we see almost on every single website is like having the sort of header image you know, up the top with like an image in the background or like, you know, a heading one and a heading two and then like a call to action button or something like that. Like, you know, the first kind of thing you see above the fold there. And I was designing a website recently for a client and I was trying to push my boundaries of doing something different and not having that sort of hero section that you see on a lot of websites. Uh, But you know, my other ideas weren't really working as well. And then I kind of stepped back and realized that my job is not to design something that doesn't work. Like my job is to to design something that works the best. And to be honest, those hero sections that you see on every website, they're on every website for a reason. And that's because they work really well. And so I realized that, you know, it's okay to actually use that and do it because that is what will work well for this project. And even though it is, I guess, quote unquote, a design trend, it's it's something that works well. So I think it's okay to use it, if that makes sense. Definitely. Like, don't go against trends to spite yourself, you know. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah, don't go against trends just to be different. Like, if the trend works well then I think it's, you know, embrace that and don't try and like force yourself to be different and then you might come up with something that just doesn't work. So I think those hero sections have like been proven to work really well and so therefore, you know, when when applicable, I do use them in my in my projects. Yeah, it's, it's really good though that you do try and push yourself to think outside of that first off because it means that you're not going into it thinking, well, obviously we're going to have a header photo with an H1 and an H2 on it. You know, 
it's good to start from scratch and explore options. And that's why the wireframing technique that I talked about in uh, last week's episode uh, comes in handy for me. So the first one I draw probably does have a big header image and an H1 and an H2 in the center of it, you know? Yeah. That's the first thought that comes to mind. But then forcing yourself to come up with other uh, versions of how you could lay out the site gets you past that and gets you to think beyond what may be the obvious, like, first solution. Sometimes, like you said, that is the best one, and often you do end up going with it, but it's good to try other things anyway. Yeah, so do you find that because you're an in-house designer and you sort of have your own, like, visual identity, I guess, for Edited, I mean, do you guys, like, review that at any stage in terms of, like, oh, well, what, you know, how has design shifted since we updated our visual identity? Is it time? Is there any, like, new trends we need to adopt into our style, etc.? or not really? I wouldn't say that we really look at design trends and things like that and think what should we be doing to keep up with the industry it's more that we always are taking note of what other people are doing and things like that and seeing how we could adopt any ideas from that into our own site you know as as always happens with design you know things come out that seem like like oh that's really cool I think this could really work well in this situation on our site so then we can change things to to do that because I am an in-house designer and am sort of in charge of the brand I can make tweaks to it as I wish obviously I'm not going to go changing the colors up and you know changing the logo and things like that all the time because there's no need for that but there's just little touches that I like to try like for example um, on the first iteration that I did of our website I had a, a polygon pattern that was filled in different shades of blue so it was sort of like lots of like triangles basically in uh, a polygon pattern in the background but for the recent iteration of the site I've gone with an outline of it so it sort of looks more like um like cracks I guess in on top of the background it's so hard to describe a visual thing (laughs) are you hearing the struggle I'm having right now (laughs) yeah but you know it's just like a little update I've made that I think this looks looks a bit sleeker than the last version I had so I'm going to go with this instead and I can make those changes but that's not necessarily because I saw someone else doing it and noticed it as a trend and I wanted to change it it's just something that I wanted to change and I know that that change probably came about because I'd seen a bunch of other stuff because I believe that you know we we talked about this in a previous episode as well that having that bank of inspiration so you're not referring to like an inspiration image directly but you're taking note of everything around you all the time and it gets saved away in your brain and it comes out in the form of your own ideas without you knowing exactly where you got them from. That was a bit of a tangent. No, I thought that was a really good tangent. I was sitting here nodding my head the whole time. Oh, good. (laughs) There needs to be like a head nodding noise. So do you think there are any kind of design trends that are worth, you know, giving a bit more thought and weight or consideration to? Honestly, I think anything but the visual touches like gradients and things and perhaps something that I I think I do tend to do, but like outline icons as well is a big trend that you see around these days, but I I do do that also. Um, But things like um, micro interactions, I think actually we had a tweet about this from, I'm just going to call him out, Michael said that I've been digging micro interactions on sites, that's been getting bigger I think, and I definitely agree with that. Little touches of animation and interactions that make the site feel more alive, I think is a really cool trend that doesn't 
I mean, when used properly, it doesn't get in the way of the, the UX. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like with any trend, it could easily, people could go overboard with it and it could get in the way and maybe we'll get to that stage. But that's something that I really like. So any little things like that that make the site feel a bit more lively. So um, I guess it's more dev trends as well that I uh, am interested in, like processes of things to make the site faster, like what what should you do? But even then, I don't know if you'd call that a trend or just like development in general in, in the technology. Yeah. And things like processes as well. So... Uh, when I first heard everyone was talking about using Sketch and that seemed like a bit of a trend to me to, you know, make the switch to the software. But then I made the switch myself and realized it's not just like a mindless trend. It's actually really valuable for your workflow to make this switch. But it's good to pay attention to what people are talking about, I suppose, so that you can check it out for yourself and decide if it's worth it. Yeah, I think so too. And I think also when it comes to incorporating a trend, in your design, whether that be, you know, a background video or micro interactions or whatever, is always to, you know, have a balance. Like, don't get carried away in trying to show off this thing that you came up with, you know. And I've I've seen this a few times in those big hero videos uh, that just have really super shaky cameras and, like, oh, lots worst. of fast cuts. And yep. then, you know, there's text over top and, like, a button over top. And honestly, I leave those sites, like basically straight away because I can't stand it. Airbnb used to have a really nice one. Uh, they changed it recently, I think. But Did they? Oh, no. Yeah, their hero was a video, but it was extremely subtle. Like, the camera was not moving, and it was just someone, like, sleeping in a bed and then, like, gently sitting up and, like, reaching for their coffee kind of thing. Like, that is not intrusive, and that was quite nice. Uh, but, you know, the other... The previous example there about shaky cam and stuff, I think that's just someone getting carried away with the idea of like, you know, we need to have a hero image and like, oh, yeah, we got to have this, this, this and show off this part. And it was just too much. And I think the same can happen with micro interactions as if you, you know, are really ambitious and, you know, oh, we have this thing coming in from the side and this thing blows up and then these, yeah. you know, scroll up from here. Like, don't use it as a way to show off, I guess. Like it's it's fun to explore those things, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, you know, you want to make the best experience for your user. This is reminding me of something that you said in a previous episode. I think it was our one about critiquing. I'm going to have a lot of previous episodes to link in the show notes today. <laughs> but where you said that when you're critiquing your own work, you'll just sit back and ask yourself why for everything, like mm-hmm. going down to the base reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should do that, especially with trends. Like, why am I using this trend? Like, oh, because I like the way it looks, not a good enough reason, you know? Yeah. But if it's because, oh, I really need to draw attention to this particular point, so I'm going to have this micro interaction on it as opposed to the other things that are going to be static, that's a good reason to use uh, that trend of micro interactions, I think. So if you've got a good reason for it that makes sense for the user and for the brief and is actually going to, like, help your cause and help display the message, then that's a reason to use a trend. But if not, just be very wary. Yeah, and I wouldn't recommend anyone to feel like they need to go and update their design as soon as a new trend comes out, you know? Yeah. Like, don't feel pressured to feel like you need to be up with the times or or especially need to update design work you've already done to meet the new design criteria. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, if you have a website that's live right now from 1995, then you may want to consider doing that. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, I, I don't think it should be part of our practice to like keep up with design trends and go back and update previous work to meet the current design trend criteria. Like that just seems a bit crazy to me. Yeah. And you can look at the reasons for updating. So like perhaps if design evolves and there's been new, I don't know, new things that people have learned and ways that people are making things more readable, for example, then that's really good reason to follow that trend. Well, it's difficult to even call it a trend, but you know, that's a reason to update your design is to make to improve it. If you look at it and everything, the message tool comes across really clear and everything is readable, it's a good user experience, then you don't need to update it. But in saying that, I think that as designers, we're always going to see things that can be done. <laughs> so we tweeted out, as per usual, and asked for our listeners' thoughts on design trends, if they follow them, if they incorporate them in their work. Borja responded and said, I do if I like them, like with the gradients trend, but I try to avoid mainstream trends to make my work, in quote marks, unique, which is something that's nearly impossible, he says. That's a really good point. Uh, I try to avoid those big, like, splashy trends as well for that reason. Like, you don't want to look like you're following the trends. But also, you know, there's that saying everything is a remix and your ideas, you know, we're all going to converge and as designers paying attention to other designers' work, it's natural that things start to look similar, like flat design, for example. It's just a thing that's going to happen. So, but, but it's good to try and be unique, right? It's always good to try. Yeah, I think it's okay to follow design systems and then sort of put your, put your own unique style on it. And that's, yeah. I think, where st- your own style comes in really handy and is really important like for example you know it's quite common to see on a landing page that hero section and then maybe like three features for example and quite often we see those three features laid out in a very similar way like there's a few different ways to do it but we usually see the same sort of patterns followed but they all look different because you know each designer has their own style that they then use for that section so Yeah, I mean, it's a blurry line, but again, I think, you know, do and follow what works best for your project. Yeah, and always coming back to the reason behind why you're doing this thing too. I mean, that's not to say you can't just include something just for fun. Like, I've put gradients in a couple of my YouTube video intros, for example, just because I like the way the colour looks, and I can do that because it's my own thing, you know. So it's okay. You can just have restraint and make up your own mind of when it's appropriate, you know. Holly said that she tries to take note but tries not to get too excited. Often what's trendy isn't actually best for the design, but I will sometimes include them for fun or in personal projects if I like them. Sounds like exactly what we do. Yeah, Yeah. so that's a bit similar to what I was saying before, whereas, you know, I like to explore them in my personal projects and have a bit of fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to start straight away applying those design trends to my client projects. I wonder when, like, I don't know how to define the stage that a trend just becomes like ubiquitous, you know, like flat design. Mm. When you go to a website that isn't flat these days, you're like, oh, this is different you know, because you're used to seeing flatter buttons and flatter icons and things like that. Like it's just sort of become what you expect. Yeah, I actually had this moment yesterday or the day before where I went to 
the website of Basecamp. I think it's basecamp.com. It's a like task management kind of style tool. And I've heard about Basecamp being talked a lot about, but I never visited the website. So I went and visited basecamp.com and I was taken a little bit aback because I, I, and, and I realized that I was expecting a like landing flat landing page, like every other sort of tech startup. Uh, but it wasn't that it was a very different style and it wasn't completely flat. It wasn't sort of the typical landing page that I was expecting. And it was kind of a reminder, I guess, for me or a realization that, like there are other ways to, you know, communicate your website and it doesn't always have to be the same as everything else. I'm just looking at this now on my screen and you're so right. This is exactly, yeah, the reaction. It looks quite different. Yeah, you have that expectation that it will be like something Giant familiar. image, yeah. <laughs> but it's not. I Yeah, I encourage everyone to go and check it out. It's basecamp.com. And they're a pretty big company, so they wouldn't have their site like this if it wasn't mm-hmm. working. Yeah, no, I'm sure that they have the resource to, you know, do a whole new marketing site if they wanted to, but instead they've chosen for for this, which I assume works really well for them, obviously. It was just, yeah, an interesting moment for me. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, Awe says that as a fashion designer, I'm trying to see the trend so I can design outside of it, and she guesses that might also apply to other designs. That sounds sort of similar to what Boha was saying, that you want to try and make your work unique, so you look at what everyone else is doing and try and do something different. Sometimes that um, doesn't end up working, but yeah, sometimes it does. PT says, I try to predict them a bit while using current trends, and I thought that was really interesting, so I asked if they had any tips for predicting trends. And they said, lots and lots of research and not following one area design or one particular creative practice. I really like this. This, to me, I read this as not just focusing on web design, for example, and the trends that are happening there, but looking outside at, you know, the rest of the creative fields and the rest of design land and seeing what's going on and how that can apply to web design or whatever you do. Yeah, that's interesting. I I guess a lot of the time references and cues are taken from the real world into the digital Mm. space when it comes to design and like the perfect example of that being skeuomorphism design like was totally pinched from the real world Uh, so that's an interesting point to remember I think. Sam said I'm usually designing two years ahead so I try to avoid trends otherwise they will probably look super dated once my work is out. Uh, We responded and said maybe you're creating the trends of the future (laughs) which is pretty cute and Sam replied and said I'd love that I'm doing calendars and we don't always want to change the design every year so I usually aim to design something that still looks good after five or six years which makes sense that's making something timeless you know which on the web we don't always have to do because websites you know the information changes and can be updated that's why we have websites and that's why websites are awesome it's because you can update them often as much as you like but for things like branding like This is why I'm quite surprised that Instagram went with a gradient in their icon um, in, you know, the background of that because that is such a strong design trend and it's like so on trend that it's it's odd for it to be attached to their brand in that way. I think that following trends for smaller stuff like, you know, some supplementary visuals and things is easier to to see the purpose of, the point of, than including it in something as fundamental as your brand. 
Yeah, it will be interesting to see if Instagram still has that gradient background two years from now. But I think also you can apply that to, or another example is print design. And if you think about newspapers, for example, which have been being created for years and years, visually they're still the same as they were hundreds of years ago. Like it's still sort of following the same system. And I guess you could maybe call that a design trend. I mean, I I think that the reason they're using that is because it works really well and it is timeless. Like newspapers are a timeless object and people a hundred years from now are going to want to refer to the newspapers we're creating today, probably for research purposes, and you want them to be able to understand that information. So, you know, staying with that consistent newspaper style is important for quote-unquote timeless reasons, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know, I'm really struggling to think of a definition of like when a trend is not a trend anymore and it's just the standard because maybe when newspapers first came about it was a trend to have like that giant splashy headline and then the tiny text crammed underneath. Maybe that was unique, like maybe there was something before that, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. And and I feel like you don't know something's a trend until it passes. Like right now, well, we know that flat design is a trend, but also it's kind of ubiquitous. Like you see it everywhere, right? It's just like the standard in design at the moment. Yeah. So is it a design trend? Yeah, it I, it probably is. Maybe in a few years' time we're all going to be doing something else and we'll look back on these as the flat design days, like we look back on, um, you know, the web 2.0 days when everything was like glossy buttons and things like that. I, I don't know if you can know about the trend when it's a wider thing like that while you're still in it. I yeah. guess a trend in my mind is something that's more fleeting and you can't tell if something's fleeting until it's ended, you know. True. Yeah, I think with the whole flat design thing, like that's the phase that the web is in right now. And it's a bit of a cultural thing as well, I guess, like web 2.0 and web 3.0, if you want to argue that. Uh, but I mean, I guess you could consider that to represent the time period in a way that we're in right now when it comes to web and, and digital design. And that will eventually pass. Like, I don't think flat design is going to be around for the rest of the internet, you know, that will evolve into something else. And that's that's just how it works, you know. Maybe there's a difference between a phase and a trend. I don't know. There probably is. Well, should we end on that note? Maybe with some last pieces of advice for um, perhaps young designers who are worrying about trends and like if their work is living up to it or wondering how they should incorporate trends into their own work any last words of wisdom to share I think do what feels best for you as a young designer I would encourage you to at least be aware of the trends and sort of know what's going on in your industry because that's kind of your job in a way is to be aware of them but then even more importantly your job is to make that decision of whether you should use it or not, or whether it's the best thing to use in your project. So yeah, that would sort of be my only piece of advice is be aware of it, but don't jump the gun and think that you have to use it. I think that's really well said. Make sure that you're paying attention to the brief and the project itself more so than you are the trends. Like that can be where you get some ideas from, but make sure you always apply them in your own way and in the way that best fits what you're trying to achieve with your project. Great advice. Hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about design trends. We, I don't know, 
we were hoping people weren't expecting us to just be reporting on what's hot at the moment. <laughs> Hope you liked hearing our opinions. This isn't a news show, unfortunately, but if you <laughs> do want our opinion on design trends, just ask us on Twitter or Charlie, you do occasional videos on that, right? Yeah, I made a video recently about the Instagram redesign, just like critiquing it and trying to look at it objectively and think about the things that they changed and why they changed them. I think I'll do more of them when more big branded stuff changes. Yeah, cool. Well, Femme, where can people go to find all of our other episodes? You can head to designlife.fm. That's our website. And on there you'll see all 29 episodes that we've recorded so far. So you can go back and listen to any episode from the past. Or up the top right, you'll see a button for iTunes. And you can go there and subscribe to us there to get it in your podcast app. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter. On there we are at DesignLifeFM because we really love getting your opinions on the topics that we talk about and being able to bring them into the show and chat about them and discuss. Just generally have conversations on Twitter in general. So follow us there and don't be shy. And if you have a suggestion for a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the show, you can send us a tweet or send us an email, hello at designlife.fm, and we might have a bit of back and forth with you and decide whether it should be something that we can bring on to the show. Thanks for chatting, Fem. Good talk. See you next week. See you. Bye.